Welcome to the middle Monday of the month, perhaps known as the Ides of November. Let's hope the stabbings will be kept to the lowest minimum possible, which is to say, none. This November 15th will likely be eventful, as the Charlottesville City Council is set to take up the comprehensive plan and future land use map during a public hearing tonight. That will be the topic of a future edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, or likely two, three, or many more. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and this program seeks to capture as many of the conversations as possible. On today's program, the Village of Rivanna Community Advisory Committee gets an update on what missing middle housing is, a recap on what's been dropped off at solid waste centers operated by one of the Rivanna authorities. Work takes place this week to help remediate an industrial waste site in Crozet and an update on the pandemic. In this Patreon-fueled shout-out, WTJU is hosting Classical Listening Parties, a series of four free, casual events on Tuesdays in November. These four events are led by Chelsea Holt, a pianist, teacher, and one of WTJU's newest and youngest classical announcers. Chelsea will guide you through all of the eras of classical music, and tomorrow night at 7 p.m., classical. For a list of the others, visit WTJU.net to learn more and sign up. Let's begin the week with a status report on the pandemic. The Virginia Department of Health reports a seven-day average of 1,305 cases a day, with 871 reported this morning. The percent positivity is at 5.4%, slightly up from 5.3% on Friday. There are 32 new cases in the Blue Ridge Health District, and the percent positivity is at 4.7%. There have been five new deaths reported in the district since Friday. The first major traffic shift of the Belmont Bridge replacement is underway. All vehicular traffic will be routed to the southbound portion of the bridge, according to a project update sent out by the city of Charlottesville. New temporary traffic signals have been installed to control the new alignment. Construction got underway this year after many years of planning. To learn more about the progress of the $36 million project, visit the city's website. The two major parties have nominated their leaders for the next session of the House of Delegates in the General Assembly. Republicans have nominated Delegate Todd Gilbert as Speaker of the House and Delegate Terry Kilgore as House Majority Leader. Republicans picked up five seats in the November 2nd election to have a 52-48 to 48 edge when the General Assembly convenes on January 12th. Current Speaker Eileen Filler-Korn has been nominated as the House Minority Leader. Delegate Charneel Herring will serve as chair of the Democratic Caucus. Crews are working in Crozet this month at the site of the former Acme Visible Records. That company built storage and retrieval equipment for documents from 1954 until approximately 2001. During that time, they directed wastewater into a lagoon that contained multiple pollutants. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency issued a permit in September of 2020 to the Wilson-Jones Company to mitigate the harm based on a 2019 status report from the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality. All of the buildings have been removed. Representatives of the company performing the mitigation sent an update to the Crozet Community Association announcing that groundwater samples will be taken between November 10th and November 19th. 
There are also plans this week to dig two wells to inject new chemicals into hazardous areas. Here's a statement from a public relations company working with the Wilson Jones Company. The wells will be installed to facilitate the completion of a pilot study for the injection of chemical oxidants, which will treat the chlorinated solvent impacts in groundwater at the facility. As part of the permit with the EPA, the land can never again be used for residential purposes, schools, playgrounds, or daycare. The Rivanna Solid Waste Authority's Board of Directors meets for the final time of 2021 tomorrow. The packet contains data about activity at the Ivy Materials Utilization Center and the McIntyre Recycling Center, both of which process all manner of recycling and solid waste products. As of late September, 42 containers of paint cans have been shipped out of the facility. Here's a bit from the operations report in the packet. Each container holds about 4,200 one-gallon paint cans. Therefore, we have shipped about 176,400 paint cans since the program began in August of 2016. Leftover latex paint is reprocessed back into commercial paint, and oil-based paints are converted into fuel. Both September and October were busy months for the compostable food waste collection at the McIntyre Center, with over 8 tons being dropped off in each month. Commercial customers pay $178 a ton for disposal, and residents are not charged. Over 600 people participated in a household hazardous waste day held over two days in late September. Albemarle residents dropped off 22,640 pounds of furniture and mattresses on October 2nd, and Charlottesville residents disposed of 3,380 pounds. On October 9th, the Ivy Materials Utilization Center accepted appliances and Albemarle residents parted with 6,800 pounds and 160 Freon units. Charlottesville residents dropped off 1,400 pounds and 30 Freon units. On October 16th, unwanted tires had their turn, and nearly 49 tons were processed for recycling. The RSWA continues to work through a permit modification with the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality to up the tonnage allowed at the IVMUC from 300 tons a day to 450 tons a day. You can learn more tomorrow at that meeting. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time again for another subscriber-supported public service announcement. Are you interested in learning more about the ancestral Monacan homelands in Albemarle and Charlottesville, along the Seminole Trail, on which our 21st century communities have been built? And are you also interested in learning how to document the history, present, and future? Tomorrow, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society will hold a two-part event in person at the Northside Library beginning at 5 p.m. First, UVA professor of anthropology Jeffrey Hantman will discuss his work, which includes archaeology and history of the Monacan people, now with a new emphasis on how the Monacans were targeted by the eugenics movement. That will be followed at 6 p.m. with a workshop on Seavilpedia, a collaborative local encyclopedia. There will be a tutorial, and I'll be on hand to demonstrate how I use the site to keep the community informed. Professor Hampman's talk will also be available through Zoom. Visit jmrl.org to learn more and to register for both programs.
finally today, on this upcoming Thursday, the 5th and Avon Community Advisory Committee will discuss an 85-unit rezoning that developers say will provide missing middle housing in the form of triplexes, duplexes, and multifamily units. But what is missing middle? Tori Canalopoulos is a senior planner with Albemarle County. Missing middle housing is housing that is between single-family detached housing and larger apartment buildings and is intended to be compatible in scale and form with single-family detached houses. Canalopoulos said these units tend to be smaller and are potentially more affordable because the cost of land is spread across multiple units. This is a concept that has gained a lot of attention recently, though many of these housing types have existed for decades or longer and actually used to be permitted throughout many localities. Now localities are re-legalizing these units by updating their zoning ordinances. In July, Albemarle supervisors adopted the Housing Albemarle Plan, which seeks to encourage the development of more units with the hope that greater inventory will help with affordability. Renters and mortgage holders who pay more than 30% of their income on housing costs are considered distressed. That's in part because Albemarle is an affluent community with a high median income. Median home values in the county are about $138,000 higher than the U.S. median and about $83,000 higher than the Virginia median. 42% of renter households and 18% of homeowner households in the county are cost burdened, meaning they are paying more than 30% of their gross income toward housing. The situation is worse when other factors are taken into consideration, such as the cost of transportation, childcare, health, and food. To encourage creation of more of these housing types, Albemarle planners created the Middle Density Residential Land Use category and debuted this in the Crozet Master Plan, over the opposition of some on the Crozet Community Advisory Committee. The category recommends a density of 6 to 12 units per acre, with up to 18 units per acre by meeting middle density housing types or affordability criteria beyond baseline affordable housing requirements. Most members of the Village of Rivanna Community Advisory Committee were opposed to the rezoning of Breezy Hill for 80 units on about 76 acres, due to it being technically above one unit per acre. VORCAC Chair Dennis Odenoff expressed skepticism that allowing more density would translate to more affordable prices. These things have good intentions, but in reality, a lot of times they just, over a period of time, they, don't, they just don't work. It's, this is my concern. I, I mean, God, I'm no oracle. I may, I may be wrong, but that's, it's my experience of what I've seen. I've lived a lot of different places. Details about how middle density residential might be implemented all across the county can be seen in the appendix of the Crozet Master Plan. If you take a look, and there is a link in the newsletter, take a look on page 72 of the PDF. It's something like A20, I think, but we all look at PDFs, and so I'm calling it page 72. I'm also calling it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. As I said, we have a very big public hearing tonight in Charlottesville, which will go, uh, which, which, speaking of middle density residential, the idea in the future land use map is to extend the places where more houses can be built. Uh, it's a conversation that has been going on for most of this year, and uh, tonight it will not exactly, maybe it culminates, maybe there's a vote, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I only report what has happened 
and try to look ahead as much as possible. That's the point of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Let's see if I can do this real quick. To support this, you can subscribe through Substack and the company Ting will match your initial payment. You can also make a donation on a monthly basis through Patreon, which supports all of the research I do, including the time I spend on Civilpedia, updating what I can, where I can. There are so many details that go into the maintenance of a civilization. And my hope is to bring you as many of the nuts and bolts as possible. That's what I've been doing my entire career, which turns 30 next year. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Please send this on to somebody else. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay warm, and stay... I don't know the rest of the song to sing it. Maybe I'll learn it for next time. Thanks again.